I want to talk to you about O Come, Emmanuel. I want to begin by asking you a question. How many of you, show of hands at all of our locations, how many of you started putting up your Christmas lights and decorations on Thanksgiving Day? Anybody on Thanksgiving Day? On Thanksgiving? All right, yeah, some of you. How many of you started a few weeks before Thanksgiving, put up your lights? Come on. In November, huh? How many of you started in October? Come on, in September. Come on, like the stores. Yeah, some of you. All right, yeah. How many of you, come on, confession, confession, confession. How many of you keep your Christmas lights up all year long? Come on, where are you? That's how we rolled when I was growing up, huh? We left the lights up all year long when I grew up. And it don't make no sense. Come on, man. We, we put them up in, in November, December. Why are we going to take them down in January? We got to put them back up again in November. Come on, somebody, huh? Ain't nobody got time for that. Ah, little babies up all year long. Now, we don't do that now that I'm an adult. We take them back down. But my family, we this year put up our Christmas decorations the first week of November. I know that some of you are like, you just hate that. It's like, Pastor, come on. Thanksgiving hadn't even happened, but that's how we rolled this year. And we, we love Christmas season, my family. We just enjoy the season. It's our favorite time of the year. So we put up Christmas decorations early this year. And then we have a family tradition. And we did it like we do every year. We got around the Christmas tree starting on Thanksgiving evening with our kids, my wife and I, and our four kids. We always ask the kids Christmas questions, and they love it. It's like, it's like a game to them, Bible quiz. And we just ask them different questions about the Christmas story, and they answer it. And then after we ask them questions, we all put our finger on the tree, and we all touch a light. And as a family, we say, Jesus is the light of the world. Then we say it again. Jesus is the light of the world. Come on, church. Everybody participate with me. Come on. Jesus is the light of the world. Some of you didn't play my game, and that's okay. You know, I thought you were my family, but that's what we do. We do that as a family. And then we sing, jingle bells, jingle bells, and we sing that together as a family. And then we have a time of prayer. Every night, we just pray. We seek the Lord and pray, and we pray for homeless people. We pray for hurting people. We pray for our world, and we just pray. And watching my little kids just pray and seek God for our, our world and our city. And, and then something precious happened this, this year at Christmas time. As we were wrapping up, the other kids left except for one. My six-year-old stayed with Tiffany and I. And we grabbed hands around the Christmas tree. And because he has heard the word of God over and over by being in church every week and every year at Christmas time, we just really talk about it and we pray for him every night. And around the Christmas tree this year, my little six-year-old six -year gave his life to Jesus Christ. He surrendered his life. It was awesome. It was one of those awesome moments. And I, I love that Christmas time. Do you know what I really, one of the things I really love about Christmas time is that we get to be with our family. We get to be together. How many of you realize you can be in proximity with somebody, in close, in, be in close surroundings with somebody, but not really be with them and together and really tuned in? How many of you know you can be married and sitting in the living room with your spouse, but you're not really with them and together because one of you is watching TV and one of you on the, you're on the iPad? How many know what I'm saying? You know, you're not really together. But what's awesome about this Christmas season is we oftentimes, we're with family. We're actually engaged and we are with them. And that's exactly what this Christmas song, O Come, Emmanuel, is all about. If you Google the most popular Christmas carols, one of the songs you will see listed is O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. 
Emmanuel means God with us. This song is a cry for God to come and be with us. And, and the way that God did this was through the birth of his son, Jesus Christ. Let, let's look at a portion of the Christmas story. Let's look at Matthew's account in Matthew 1 verse 20. It says, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. You see, one of the reasons that Jesus was born was so that God could be with us. A huge emphasis of Christmas for the Christian is this amazing truth that God is with us. And today I want to share with you three life changing reasons. Jesus is called Emmanuel, God with us, life changing. The first is this, God wants to be with us in our mess, in our mess. Let's look at Luke's account of the Christmas story and just look at a portion of the Christmas story in beginning in chapter 2 in verse 4. It says, so Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room of available for them. Think about this. God, his greatest, his greatest gift to us, his only son, Jesus, didn't come in an elaborate or elegant setting. He wasn't born in an environment that, that was befitting for a king, although he was the king. He's the king of kings. There, there was no satin sheets for Jesus. He, he wasn't born with a, a, a laid in a gold bed. No, no, the king of kings and the Lord of lords, the Bible actually says this, that when he was born, there, there was no room for him in the hotel inn, so he had to be born in a barn. The King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Son of God had to be born in a messy stable, a nasty barn full of animals, animals around. And the Bible says this about the birth of Jesus. After he was born, he was placed in a manger. And oftentimes we think about the nativity scene. It's just precious and beautiful little manger and all clean and nice and neat, but that's not what it was like. A manger was simply the feeding trough for the animals. It was in a barn. 
and it was a feeding trough. And I know a little bit about animals and feeding troughs growing up, and we woke up hauling hay. My daddy had cows and horses, and I mean, th those feeding troughs are nasty. We put feeding trough and food in there and corn feed, and those cows would eat it up, and they'd lick the thing. It was nasty. I mean, come on, animals, nasty. It was cows and poo-poo and slobber. It was nasty. And I'm not trying to ruin your image of the Christmas story. I'm just trying to be real with you about the setting that Jesus was born in. He was placed in a nasty feeding trough with cloths on him, not with satin sheets, with cloths on him. And he was laid there in a nasty, dirty manger. And friends, I want you to understand it's not by accident that the King of Kings was born in a messy barn, laid in a messy stable, in a, in a messy manger. It's not by accident that the king of kings, the one who spoke creation into existence, the creator of the entire universe, it's not by accident he was born in a mess. I want you to understand that Jesus lets us know from his very birth that he's not afraid of a mess. He was born in a mess. And if there's something we all know is that life can get messy. Relationships can get messy. Marriage can get messy. Dating can get messy. Raising children can get messy. Having friends can get messy. Finances can get messy. Your career and job can get messy. Your school and getting your education can get messy. And the Bible says that the child, the virgin, gave birth to a son, and they gave him the name Emmanuel, God with us. And God is not afraid to be involved in our mess. He's not afraid to be with you in your mess. I realize this Christmas season, some of you are going through a mess. Life is pretty messy right now. And I want to talk to you for a moment about this wonderful Christmas story. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. If you find yourself in a mess, Jesus is not intimidated by your mess. He was born in a mess, and he wants to help you in your mess and be with you in your mess, Emmanuel, God with us. There's a second life-changing reason Jesus is called Emmanuel. Number two is this, God wants to be with us in our mistakes, our mistakes. One of the joys of my life is raising our four children with Tiffany, my bride, I love those four children, and one of the things that happens in my home is when I get home from work, my kids oftentimes, almost every day, they run up and they hug me. They all give me big hugs, and I just love it. I could have a stressful day. Things could have been difficult that day and could have been challenging that day. But my kids run up, and they just all hug me. Matter of fact, this past week, they, they were all hugging me so tight. They were pushing me. We almost all fell down. They were hugging me so tight. I just love my children. But, but it's also interesting that if one of them has made a mistake that day, or several mistakes, if one of them has sinned, 
It's amazing how they don't want to run up and hug daddy. They kind of, you know, walk up like this. One day, it was, it was really funny. One day, I got home, and three of my children ran up, and they hugged me, and, and I don't see the fourth one. I think, where's my fourth? I got, I got another child. And they don't, don't see my fourth one, and one of my kids was hiding from me. And Tiffany told me, yeah, you know, they, uh, they made some mistakes today. They, they sinned, and they're hiding from you. And, and my, my child was thinking, I don't want to be around daddy because daddy, because I've messed up so bad. I don't know that daddy wants to hug me. If daddy wants to love on me right now, I don't know that I want to go hug my daddy because I don't know if my daddy wants to hug me because I have messed up so bad. And my child was hiding from me and his thinking was so, fur, for, so far from the truth. It was not true. Yes, you've messed up. Yes, you sinned. Yes, your mama wants to strangle you, but I love you, boy. Come in. I want to hug you. I want to embrace you. You're my child. There are some consequences, but daddy loves you. I, I hug you. I want to embrace you. You don't have to run from me when you've made mistakes, when you've sinned and blown it big time. And, and oftentimes, this is how people can approach God. People make mistakes. We've all made mistakes. We sin. We, we mess up. And people have this tendency to run from God. Like my child, they can run and we can hide and think God doesn't love me. He doesn't want to hug me. He doesn't want to be around me. He doesn't want to be with me because of my sin. But that's the furthest thing from the truth. Matter of fact, in the story that I read to you a few moments ago in Matthew, let me highlight one verse in Matthew 1, 21. It says, she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Emmanuel wants to save us from our sin. He wants to be with you. He wants to help you. He wants to forgive you. You don't have to run and hide from God because of mistakes, because of sin. He has come to save us from our sins. I love what James says in chapter 4 and verse 8. He says, come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. You sinners, come near to God. Wash your hands and purify your hearts, you double-minded. It simply says this, just repent, turn, turn. Don't, don't run from God, just turn away from what you've been doing and turn to God. Come to God, don't hide. And the scripture, here's the promise in scripture, no matter what you've done, no matter how you've blown it, no matter the mistakes you've made, no matter the sins you've committed, the Bible says if you will come near to God, you'll take a step to God. The Bible says God will come near to you. Jesus is not intimidated by your mess. He's not intimidated by your mistakes. He is Emmanuel. God with us, and he wants to be with you, he wants to forgive you, he wants to walk with you, he wants to help you, he is Emmanuel. Number three is this, there's a, there's a third life-changing reason Jesus was named Emmanuel. Number three is God wants to be with us forever, be with us forever. Have you ever talk with someone, and you started wondering their motives. You started thinking, why are you being so nice to me? I just met you. You're saying things about me that I don't even believe about myself. You're giving me all kinds of compliments. 
why are you giving me that free stuff? Why, why are you doing that? And you start questioning and wondering, what are you up to? What's your end game? What's the end game? I mean, what, what, what do you really want out of this? And then you ever had this happen, you know, a few weeks later, a month later, two months later, you're like, uh, mm. that's what it was. Yeah, I knew you were up to something. I knew you were scheming. I knew you was up to something. I knew you weren't up to any good. I knew you were being nice to me for some, 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 some motive that I, didn't, I couldn't put my finger on, but I knew you were up to something, had a hidden agenda. And what I want to do is I want to tell you what God's end game is. Because some of you are wondering, why would God send his only son, Jesus? Why would he do that? Why would Jesus die on the cross for me? Why would Jesus want to forgive me after all I've done, after all of my mistakes, after all of my sin? Jesus, what is your end game? What is your motive? What is your motivation? Why would you do this? Why would you want to be with me? If you really knew me, why would you want to be with me? What's the end game? And friends, the end game is simply this. God wants to be with you forever. He loves you. He sent Jesus to so he could spend eternity with you. Here's what the Bible says about heaven, the end game, God's end game, God's end game. Revelations 21 verse 1, it says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem. Listen, there's going to be a new heaven, a new earth, new Jerusalem. I mean, as life as we know it will cease. It's going to be new. It's going to be new. It says, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. You see, when you give your life to Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit of God comes to live inside of you, comes to live inside of me. But the Bible says when we get to heaven, we will see God face to face. He will dwell with them. And notice it says they will be his people and God himself will be with, will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes, all the pain, all the heartache we suffered in life. When we enter into heaven, he'll wipe every tear from their eyes. It says, notice this, there'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. You see, Jesus wasn't born to just be with us in our mess. He wasn't born just to be with us in our mistakes, but ultimately he was born and he died on the cross to forgive us of our sins so that we could be with him for all of eternity. And the Bible says that God has a place prepared for us. I can't even fathom this in heaven where there's no more pain and there's no more sickness and there's no more sin and there's no more murder and there's no more chaos and there's no more racism, and there's no more lying. There's no more pain. And God says, listen, my end game is I did all this for you and died on the cross. I was born that first Christmas day, Emmanuel, because I want to be with you in heaven forever. That's my end game. Emmanuel.